Get your Bible, go to Acts chapter 1. Let me make an announcement about Wednesday night. The Spirit of God's been dealing with me to do something this Wednesday, and I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to preach a sermon called Praying Powerful Personal Prayers. I'm going to teach you how to tap into the grace of God in your prayer life. And I'm going to be covering stuff I have never preached. You know, you grow in God. I grow. I know things now I didn't know a year ago. So if you want a powerful personal prayer life, this Wednesday I'm going to start. I hope I can get done in one Wednesday. I don't know. I, I don't ever know what I'm doing half the time, which is probably why God uses me because I'm just so ignorant. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Does anybody remember what we preached on last Sunday? Holy Ghost. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. Woo! Do you know what a charismatic Christian is? What began the charismatic movement? It was denominational people who found out about the, the Pentecostal experience of speaking in tongues. Dennis Bennett, the Episcopalian priest, different people began to preach, being filled with the Holy Ghost. When I, when I got born again, there was so much controversy. I remember turning on television, they're talking about uh, tongues was of the devil, and, and Pat Robinson was a cult. And it, it was wild. It was just wild. The, the, the stuff people were preaching against the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But why did people break away and not become Pentecostal? Well, the Pentecostal, as a general rule, not all of them, are very legalistic people. So the women didn't want to take their makeup off. They didn't want to just wear ugly dresses every Sunday and go swimming in, in all of their clothes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Wear your hair up on a bun so tight it sucks all the wrinkles out of your face. Y'all remember, y'all know what I'm talking about. But the Pentecostals had their own set of issues, and a lot of good came out of Pentecostal churches. I mean, a lot of moves of God. And, but at the same time, a lot of their doctrines were wrong. A lot of, there's been wrong doctrine in every movement. You don't, um, I even had one wrong doctrine once. Never mind, I'm teasing y'all. That's called pride. Anyway. So that's what a charismatic is. A charismatic is a, is a denominational person. So when I jokingly say, all of you Catholics, Baptists, Episcopalians, I'm referring to y'all. Because you guys are just a bunch of crazy sheep that came out of everywhere. We even have a few heathen in here. Then we didn't go to church at all, which is probably the best thing that ever happened to you is not to go to church at all. So that's what, that's what a charismatic is. Charismatic is a person. So when, when we start studying Pentecost, and even though you got filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, most people don't know what to do with it. You have a power. You have no idea what you're doing. So last week we talked a lot about praying in the Spirit and, and about you spending more time praying the Holy Ghost. And we talked about the power of God. Don't just rev the car up, turn it off, and walk. 
You have a power. This week, I'm going to talk about the Holy Ghost said. We're going to talk about the fact that God gave the Holy Spirit to run the church. Now, listen as I say this. We have churches in America today that, you know, we love God the Father, we love God the Son, but don't bring that Holy Ghost stuff in here. Well, if you have a church without the Holy Ghost, you have a country club. You have a gathering of people, but you don't have a church because he is, he is the head of the church. And, and so because of that, because of that, a lot of people have not understood, and they thought, well, and, and then we have the doctrine. Come to Jesus and get saved and go to heaven. Well, you do come to Jesus. Most people have come to Jesus, get forgiven. You didn't get forgiven when you got born again. You were dead. What good would forgiveness do when you're dead? You didn't need forgiven. You need to be raised from the dead. And, and when you were born again, you were redeemed. You, you entered into redemption. He forgives every nigga, heals every disease, redeems your life from destruction. So, so, having, so that's what Paul was talking about, learning who you are in Christ, what you are. I'm a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. But now you're here on this earth, and you're dealing with stuff every single day of your life. So Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power. That was not the new birth. Acts 2.4 is not the day the church began. Everywhere you go outside of a church like this, you will hear that the day of Pentecost is the day the church began because that's when God gave them the Holy Ghost. And what they mean by that is the Holy Spirit where you're born again. That's completely wrong. That is totally wrong. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he was the firstborn of the dead. Then Thomas comes in. He said, you believe because you saw me, but he's a believer. James and John ran into the tomb, and they believed. So we have a whole lot of believers, and it ain't Pentecost yet. And then it says that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, John 20, 21. So now we have a whole group of people who are born again, and it ain't even Pentecost. So what happened on Pentecost? Acts 1. Let's go to Acts 1. If y'all are quiet, I'm going to keep you till 3 o'clock. Because I got all day. I only work one day a week, and I'm going you know, to make the most of it. <laughs> Acts 1-4, being assembled together with them, he commanded them. He, Jesus, commanded, not suggested. This is not a suggestion. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me. John truly baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they said, they asked him, they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? You understand, they're looking for the millennial reign. They're looking for the return of Jesus to rule and reign. They were, they were doing that while he walked there. They thought Jesus, like David, was going to come in and beat the Romans. That's why Peter whacked off the ear because he said, if the war is going to begin, let it begin here. And when he died, they went, what the heck? We thought he was the Messiah. What they're saying is we thought he was going to defeat our enemy. Right now in Israel, they're waiting on the Antichrist, the, 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 the Messiah, 
to beat who? All of their enemies. They're in a war all the time. They want someone to stop the fighting. But they've never dawned on them they have a sin issue. And they didn't, they did not then either. So when Jesus rose from the dead and he meets them and says, Hey guys, I really, they're like, What gives? Well, then he starts talking about them about their sin, and that's when it, it hit them. Now, now they're born again, and he makes a statement. Now listen to me, and, and I'm gonna go through this. I gotta, I just I just got to obey God. Listen, Jesus is God. He was God at one. He was God at two. He was God at five. He was God at 20. How many miracles did he do? Nada. He never, heresy number two, he never did anything because he's God. That's a lie. How God anointed, Acts 10, 38, Jesus of Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, a man, left his deity behind. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Holy Ghost and power. Holy Ghost and power. Everything he did, he did it following the Holy Ghost. Everything. So was he successful? So now we're at the point where he's back with his disciples. They're now born again, and he goes, guys, don't leave, the ta- don't leave town without power. Not the new birth, power. You're going to need some. Now, let's go over something else, and I'm just going to, oh, I'm, I'm preaching where angels fear the tread. What is, what is the gospel? Going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These signs follow those that believe. They shall preach Jesus and they'll get saved. I don't know what Bible you read. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was added later. Stop. All that is is an excuse for a preacher to admit he's lazy. Ah, you know, we don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. So what happens when you get sick? Well, we have hospitals. What happens if you lose your mind? We have psychiatrists. What happens if you're broke? Well, we got the government hand you money. And the church is, is, is the most worthless place. You can't go in a church and get help. You come in this one sick, I'm going to lay hands on you and get that mess off your body. Amen. Amen. If, if you'll cooperate. You're not to lose your mind. Amen. You have the mind of Christ. Yes. So what's the first thing Jesus said? In my name, they'll cast out devils. Amen. Well, you walk around most Christians, they don't, know, they, they don't have any idea. They think all the devils are in India. Now they think they're all in Washington. <laughs> and they are too, baby. Well, there's, devils, there's devils all over the place. You got a couple in your car waiting on you to leave. You just... Pick up and just, no, you admit, no, I'm teasing. Maybe you don't. Say, I don't. Amen. But he, but he told you, he told you in, in, in Ephesians 6, you're not wrestling flesh and blood. You're in a war. You're in a war by God. And then he goes down and tells you about the armor of righteousness and all that. And then he talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. How? 
Put on the whole armor of God. You'll withstand in the evil day. You'll have an evil day. You say, I'm believing God. I don't have an evil day. Well, you can believe all you want to. You're going to have one. But he equipped you to handle it. He equipped you. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with the exact same Holy Ghost that I had on me that caused me to be victorious and you can and will be victorious also. So the Holy Spirit is not a doctrine. He's a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. You don't get God the Father, God the Son, and tell the Holy Ghost to take a hike. I got news for you. All three of them will take a hike. Come on. I'm trying to get you ready for tough days. Listen, I'm, the Bible says you're more than a conqueror, but you've got to make up your mind, I will conquer. But you have to pay attention. Pay attention. So Acts, Acts um, Verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We're going to talk about that later. We're not, not today. We haven't got time to do that. Acts 2, 1, and the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rush and mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them dividing tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. How do we know they were filled with the Holy Ghost? They began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So let's talk about this phenomenon called speaking in tongues. Because many people, if you grew up in a church, why would I need to pray in a language I don't know? How dumb is that? Well, God's not dumb. God cannot answer a prayer you don't ask. God cannot. You say, well, he's God. He can do anything. Well, no, if he did, he'd make you tithe. And he... 80% of the people going to, going to hell, and, and there's not a thing God can do about it. And this whole idea that God is running everything, if he's running everything, he has it in a mess. Well, I don't know what's going on around the world, but it ain't going on in me. Because I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Jesus was victorious even though that he lived in a Roman Empire, and he couldn't even vote Democrat or Republican. So he gave us the Holy Ghost. He gave us the Holy Ghost. Don't leave Jerusalem until you can do with power. So, so what is the deal with tongues? Why? You know, God doesn't have to make sense. He never had to look at you and say, what do you think about this? No, he told you what he wants you to do. Not ask you. He didn't ask you nothing. So why would he have you praying out, uh, outside your head, don't get mad at me because your head ain't got nothing in it. It's got some good stuff in it, mostly goofy stuff. So how long would you have to be in heaven before you actually learn how to pray right? Probably about a million years, like Jesus. You say, Jesus didn't pray in tongues, didn't need to. He already knew how to pray. You don't. Now, God's got a dilemma. You have a problem, and you don't know nothing. 
So you say, help me pray. I don't know what I'm saying. Good. Now you can't mess it up. Come on, come on, y'all. Let's get, let's just get real about it. Now, now, that's the reason why people say, well, we don't know why the Lord took them. He didn't take anybody. He didn't kill anybody. And he didn't, Jesus didn't kill anybody in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He didn't say, I don't know, that. that's God trying to teach you something. That's a lie, too. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's called shirking responsibility. Preachers don't want to stand up and go, well, the reason you're messed up is that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, they want a paycheck. One day I was a bunch of denominational Christian pastors, and I looked at them and said, you know the difference between me and you? They can't fire me. <laughs> One guy got kicked out of his denominational church, and I said, you got a raise. He said, I didn't get a raise. I got kicked out. I said, you got a raise. I said, you just got a promotion. Now go obey God. Wow. I'm ask some board full of a bunch of heathen businessmen what to do. Little carnals all get out and don't have a clue where they're walking in the building or going out of it. They're going to tell you, the, a man of God, what to do. I mean, if God's so dumb he don't know how to pick a man of God, he has to have a bunch of idiots running. What, what good is that? Well, we have some really goofy ideas. Well, I, I see, y'all went quite a. <sighs> Listen, I'm going to have my fire. Y'all just don't throw no water on me. I ain't going out. So speaking in tongues is the door to the supernatural. You say, well, I don't need it. Well, Jesus did. I mean, God himself had to have the gifts. Who do you think you are? You're going to help people and you don't need the gifts? Honey, you need them all. You need all of the gifts of the whole. You need word of knowledge, word of wisdom, special faith, discernment. You need them all. You don't want to be a police officer chasing people down the road in your Nikes. You need a gun. You need a car. You need a shotgun. You need a radio. You need backup. Because the bad guys are armed. Don't let them outgun you. God didn't leave you outgunned in the, in the middle of hell on earth. He gave you everything you needed. Holy Ghost, gifts of the Holy Ghost, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. You have everything. Everything Jesus operated in, he handed you on the day of Pentecost so you can live the same life he lived. Now, the, now, tongues is the door into it. And you got to fight your carnal mind when you're going, I don't know what we're saying. We went over that last week. Get the video, dear Lord. I don't, I don't understand anything I said. I don't know the reason why. I don't know the reason why. I don't know the reason why. Stop. God knows the reason why. Quit trying to battle God with your brain. You're going to, you're, you're going to, you want to, you want to figure God out with this? You, you're not going to figure him out with your hand. He's going to slip out from under your thumb. Just give up and obey God. Give up and obey. 
Amen. So anyway, let me show you one more scripture before we move, before I get started with my sermon. Acts 2.38. And Peter said, repent. Repent means make a decision. Obeying God is nothing but a decision. It's not whining and falling apart and sweating and, oh, my God, what am I going to do? It's just make a decision. You know, Billy Graham had a magazine called Decision. And he got up, and I, I've been, sometimes I listen to Billy Graham preach. Dear God, that man was a good preacher to be a, what was it, what was he, a, um, now, I don't think it was a Baptist here, a Presbyterian. I went, dear God, if all Presbyterians were like Billy Graham, they had a revival going on in that place. Honestly, I don't think he knows what he is. Anyway, 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 Billy, Billy Graham was a preaching machine. Glory to God. How did I get off on all that? Repent, and every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is to you, your children, and to all that are far off, even as the many as the Lord our God will call. No, it didn't come to end when the apostle died. And it's dumber than a rock if you believe that. He didn't leave you to go to the doctors and, 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 and stop. Dear God in heaven, if we need it, if the church needs anything, it is some power. It's some power. One of the reasons that America has been the greatest nation on the earth is everyone is scared to death of us. They know if they must pick, pick on an American, we have, we have jets that'll shoot everything you got out of the sky and, and never even, I mean, just fly near you and just put them on radar and go, doo -doo -doo -doo, blow every MIG out of the air. One pilot would get, get rid of about 10 Russian MIGs. And we've always been bad of the bone. And that's why you're great. That's why nobody ever messes with you. That's why nobody's ever bombed you. They're scared to death. And they're not scared now because there's this guy in the White House smoking crack. <laughs> Don't worry. He works for someone else. Nobody really knows who's running the nation right this minute. If that bothers you, then you just need to be bothered. Amen. Well, see, Satan, when he knows you know this, when he knows you know this, he'll, he won't mess with you either. Don't you, don't you mess with that, Barbara. God almighty, that woman's full of power. That woman's full of the power of God. She'll cast you out and stuff you down under her feet. You don't mess with Barbara Neff. Don't you mess with Barbara. And they know not to mess with Jeannie Bowser. Jeannie Bowser. They know not to mess with Jeannie Bowser. They say, well, Jeannie Bowser is just a children's pastor. No, she'll, she'll chew a devil up and spit him out and stomp on his head. The Bible says that Satan looking for someone to devour. I want him to walk by our church and go, don't go in there. Don't mess with those. They'll whip you bad. I had a, I, <laughs> right after I got born again, y'all will love my story, dear Lord. You know, when I got saved, I, my mama took me over to a, meet a woman called Mamie Shackelford. 
Mamie Shackerford was a prophet. Now, y'all, I didn't know what a prophet was. I, I, I still got long hair, and I'm still a long hair freaky, freaky guy. But I'm not, you know, I don't smoke dope no more, but I'm just barely born again. And Mama takes me and says, I've got somebody I want you to meet, a prophet. Well, I thought a prophet's what you, you do when you go to work. You get a prophet. <laughs> Nothing about no prophet. And then she sits me down, and Mamie starts prophesying to me. And she's, she's got her eyes closed and her hands in the air, and she's talking to me. And then I looked at my mom, and I said, what did she say? She said, shut up. She's prophesying. And I went, what's prophesying? She said, shut up and listen. And so I looked at this lady sitting on her couch talking in tongues and then giving me a message from God. You know what she said to me? The day's coming when you wake up in the morning, every devil in hell will, will say, oh, no, he's awake again. She's, one, one other thing she said, don't look for teachers, says the Lord, I'll teach you myself. Well, when I walked out of there, she scared me. I don't want the devil to know where I live. I don't want the devil to know nothing about me. Well, I'm there. I'm there. I wake up in the morning, every devil in the pop goes, ah, he's awake. I want them to say that about you. Oh, they're awake. Oh, no, they're awake. Oh, Justin's awake. Oh, my God, they're awake. I tell you what he hates. He hates me. And boy, when you walked in this church, he didn't like it. Oh, you bet. If he hasn't tried to get you out of here, you're not saved. Do you go to that church? Yes. Somebody made a compliment to me one day. said, everybody in your church is bold. I went, yes, we are. They meet people that come in a word of life that you, you, whenever they get sick, they say, I'll lay my hands on you and I'll pray for you. And they're like, ah. They never met nobody like that before in their life. You know, I just want to lay hands on that devil and cast it out. All right. All right. John 16. I think so, John. I, I, should I do that? Yeah, I'm going to do that. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. I'm, I'm trying to follow God. I'm doing a good job. John 16. Now look at this, John 16. Then we're going to talk about Jesus here for a minute. Verse 5. Now when I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I said these things, sorrow filled your heart. Nevertheless, I'm going to tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I leave here. The helper will not come. If I depart, I'm going to send him, the helper, the Holy Ghost to you. And when he, the Holy Ghost, has come, he will convict the world of sin, not the church, the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. Sin because they don't believe in me, righteousness because I'm going to Father, judgment because the ruler of this world is damned. And I still have a whole lot of stuff I need to talk to you, but you can't handle it right now. However, when he, God, the Holy Ghost, has come, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority. He will take what he hears and he'll tell you and even show you things that are going to come. You don't have to go through life ignorant. You don't have to be dumb anymore. You can actually understand your Bible and you can actually understand how to handle the stuff you're going through. How? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. 
All right. Now, 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 now. <laughs> Luke 3. Just pop it on the screen. I just, just pop Luke 3. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass Jesus all baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form as a dove on it. So when, when did all his miracles start? Right there. Right there. All of the miraculous began the day God in the flesh was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm talking to you right now because we have people in here who've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. The reason I know, you say, I have the Holy Ghost. But do you speak in tongues? No. You have, you're born of the Spirit, but you're not filled with the Spirit, and you need to be. Don't be afraid that God is going to mess your life up. Your life's already messed up. Get a devil. Well, the devil told you that. All right. John 5, 16. Now, go, now, this is important. I want you to see this one. I'm going to turn there in my Bible. I want you to see this. John 5, 16. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he did these things on the Sabbath. Isn't that just terrible? Healed a man on the Sabbath. People take their donkeys and feed them on the Sabbath. You can't get nobody healed on the Sabbath. That's goofy. And Jesus said, my father has been working till now, and I've been working. Who's been working? God. Now, what I'm going to read to you right now will blow your mind. Jesus never did anything that he did and wasn't led by the Holy Ghost to do. Why is that? Because he would have failed. No, he wouldn't. He's God. You're wrong. You're totally wrong. I'm going to read this in a minute. It says, I, I of myself can do nothing. And why is that? Because he left his deity behind and walked the earth as a man like you. He relied on the Holy Ghost just like you do. Say, that's awesome. Most surely I say to you, son, can do nothing. Go to verse 20. If you don't hurry up, I'm going to pick my Bible back up. And the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show you greater works than these that you may marvel. Let me just go to 21. Let's see how fast you are. For the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he wills. Now listen to me. Why did Jesus wait four days to go to Lazarus' tomb? Because the Holy Ghost wasn't there. What if he'd have shown up at the tomb and said, Lazarus, come out. What would have happened? Nothing, absolutely nothing. Whoa, y'all went quiet on me. I'm busting this whole Jesus, God in the flesh. I'm going to bust it to pieces. Because if Jesus himself couldn't, you can't either. How reliant on you to him. Totally, 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 totally. If you're from California, you're like, totally. (laughs) Y'all are fun. Isn't that... Isn't that amazing? I mean, we, have, we even have Jesus told us that. 
You, you want to look all through, all through the Bible? He's constantly talking, the Father works and I work. He never went anywhere and did anything. Never. That he wasn't led by the Holy Ghost. But did the Holy Ghost help him? Will he help you? Yeah? Well, I haven't even started my sermon yet. I'm just, whining. I'm just, all I'm doing is just getting this to the point that I can get to the point. Acts 8, 14 says, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Look at Romans 10, 17. Pop it on the screen. I want you to read this. Romans 10, 17. I'm making fun of her back there. It won't be long. I'll have to get a new person back there. Now listen to what I'm about to show you. There's two words in the Bible for word. Your Bible, the word of God is called the Logos. The Logos of God. When, When you read your Bible, it's called the Logos. But when God speaks it to you, it's called Rhema. You don't live on the Logos. The Logos is you have a Bible in front of you and you need to read it and you need to pray over it, but you need God to speak it to your heart. Look at this. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Rhema of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by God the Holy Ghost speaking and taking that Logos and making it alive to you. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is you're not going to, this Bible's not working for you apart from the Holy Ghost. Now let me make another statement to you. Just, oh. We have whole churches that believe in Logos. Not a healing not a miracle, not, not a deliver, nothing. You don't run the Holy Ghost out and get the Logos to work. We believe the Logos. Well, it ain't working. Some of you have prayed and go, well, I'm standing on this scripture and I'm standing on that scripture. Well, let me help you with something. Why don't you get in your prayer closet and spend some time with God and pray in the Holy Ghost and let him take that Logos and turn it into a rhema so you step out you go, the Lord said. And I'm going to tell you what, when the Lord said, coming out of your mouth, by God it'll work just like it did in the book of Genesis. God said, let there be light. There was light. God said, let, and there was. God said, healing. And I'll tell you what, your body will get well. God said, blessing, and blessing will come. But that only happens because you are in bed with him getting pregnant through Jesus. You gotta, you gotta spend time with God. This whole come to church, barf up a couple of scriptures, and head home. Forget it. Uh, they, they, it hadn't worked yet, and it ain't never gonna work. Come on. Ah, I'm helping y'all better than y'all think y'all being helped. I'm believing God to grow this church. Right now, I'm thinking I'm shrinking it. 
Okay, go to Acts now. Go to Acts now. Go to Acts 8. Acts 8. I'm going to begin my sermon now. Father, as I begin preaching this morning, y'all are like, it's five minutes till. Forget it. Paul took all of my time. Come on, y'all. Y'all, y'all ready? Are y'all ready for a Y'all ready? I, listen, I'm going to help you if you'll let me help you. I will help you. Eight. Acts chapter eight. Let me, let me get. 26. The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Arise, go towards the south of the road down to Gaza. That's the desert. And he arose, and he behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Canaan's queen of the Ethiopians, has charged all the trade, headed to Jerusalem to worship. Returning, sitting in a chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet, and the Spirit said, the Spirit said, say, the Spirit said, go talk to that guy. Well, I've been talking to people, and they didn't pay any attention. Well, won't you start talking to the people the Holy Ghost told you to talk to and leave the rest of them alone? You don't have to witness everybody. I mean, I, you know, don't get mad. Don't get mad. I, I, I don't. I, I hate knocking on people's doors. Knock, knock, knock. You know Jesus. Shut up, fool. And slamming in your face. Well, I feel like a Jehovah Witness. I just hate it. I don't think God ever told you to knock on people's doors and drive them nuts. But when I'm at work and when I'm about my day, Heavenly Father, if there's anything you want me to say to anybody you want me to talk to in the name of Jesus. And sometimes he'll go, I want you to talk to that person over there. And I walk up and go, how are you doing today? Well, you just don't know my kids. All of my kids are giving me trouble. My kids, ah, kid. have you prayed about it? Well, no. I said, would you like to? Yes. And grab their hand and pray with them. This is how I pray with people. Heavenly Father, we're praying over my children. And because I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose to the dead, I'm a saved. You say, you just tricked them. You bet I did. Now let's pray over your kids since we fixed the reason why your kids are crazy. <laughs> every job I've ever worked on in my life, every job, I've led people to the Lord. You need to live your life in such a way that they know you're saved. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You ready for another scripture? Yes. Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Peace, Christ, peace, Christ. All right, okay. Acts 10. 10, 9. Just turn the page. The next day they went up on a journey. They drew near the city of Peter, went on the house stop and pray. It was about the sixth hour. Mm, that would be a noon. And he became very hungry, and he wanted something to eat. And while he was ready to eat, God said, here's some catfish and some shrimp and some pork chops. And Peter said, I've never had a pork chop in my entire life. He said, he said, don't you ever call common what I call. I have never had a pork chop, and I'm not going to eat a pork chop. And he said, not so, Lord, verse 14. I never ate none of that junk in my life. And the voice said, don't you ever call uncommon. You, you can have shrimp and pork chops now. And I said, amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. We, we can be born again and eat bacon. Glory to God. All right. <laughs> And while Peter, verse 17, while Peter wondered within himself the vision, what in the Sam Hill is God trying to do to me right now? Behold, three men came, Cornelius inquired his house, stood before him, and they called him and said, Simon Peter here. And while Peter thought about it, the Holy Ghost said, who is running Peter's life? 
Holy Ghost is. Holy Ghost. What's happening to him while he's in prayer? He's getting his spirit tuned up. He's praying about something. He don't, he's praying about Cornelius in tongues and doesn't even know he's praying about it. And then three guys show up at his house, led there by God, the Holy Ghost. Then the Holy Ghost said, now they're going to come and take you to a Gentile's house, and you're going to have bacon and pork chops, and I'm telling you, you can go. And Peter's like, well, I have never had pork chops or been to a Gentile's house. But he goes anyway, and we know that was the beginning of the Gentile church coming in, coming out of our, and being born again. And while he's preaching Jesus, the Holy Ghost fell on him, and everybody that was of the circumcision, which means Jewish, they didn't eat pork chops, said, Oh, God is filled heathen with the Holy Ghost. But listen to me. This didn't happen because Peter went, well, I think that this week we need to go to the Gentiles. I'm going to say something to you all. Everything I've ever done that God didn't tell me to do, it just failed. I have a good heart. But if God ain't in it, there's no grace. Well, I could... I got so much to say. You heard me t- you've heard me tell the story. I, I, I've never had a desire to pastor people. If, if you want to be a pastor, you're crazy. Now, if he calls you, now you see, because you'll be miserable if you don't. You understand? Okay. But now listen to me. You have to know that you know. I used to go off at, when I, when I married Lisa, I had a call of God so strong, I was miserable. You know, you can be so called, you're just miserable human being. And I would come home, and I would, I would, I would you know, go and, and run three miles, and then I'd work out with weights, and then I'd take a shower and eat dinner, and then she will tell you, I would go every night into Josh's bedroom and close the door and pray in the Spirit. I, I'm, I, I don't want to be a block mason. I don't want to own a business. I want to go obey God. I want to obey God. But I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. And so I got alone with God. Listen to me very carefully. God wants you to seek him. If you don't seek, you won't find nothing. You won't find nothing. We just want someone to push a button and pull a lever and tell, no, you'll never get a wisdom from God doing that. You're going to have to put the world aside and you're going to have to go off alone like Jesus did and like Peter did. And listen, all of your life you need to understand, without him you can do nothing, slap nothing. And then when he does tell you to do something, it will be impossible. And you'll go, oh, and then you're going to have to pray more. I pray two hours every day minimum because I don't know nothing. Man, you better help me today. I don't know nothing about nothing. You thought I was spiritual. I'm just desperate. I don't even preach a sermon unless God says, if you don't give me a sermon, I'm scared. I'm like Saturday night. Tell me what they want me to do. You say, don't you have enough? Do-? Yeah. I mean, I can make up something. But I want him to come in here and stand beside me and go, say this, say that. Do this, do that. Go ahead, I got to be. I want you to walk out and go, that was God. 
I'm excited when he comes to church myself. I like it. Come, come to church. Please come to my church. Come to my church. We ain't running him out. You say, well, you don't know what he's going to do. That's good. Oh, I got some more. 13.1. Go to 13.1. At the church was in Antioch with certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, Holy Ghost said, Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I've called him. Don't you ever call yourself in the ministry, you goofy thing? If he didn't call you, you ain't called. There's no grace on you. If you ain't called, there's no grace on you. Well, we're a minister. No, you're not. You're a businessman. Shut up. <laughs> you goofy thing. Come on, that's well, I have a fishing ministry. There's no such thing as a fishing ministry. You're an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, or you're not called. Yeah. And quit calling your kids in the ministry. Yeah. Whoa. I said, I'm not angry. So you're your kids come, mom, mom, my mama told me I'm called. Can you help me? Yeah, go tell her you're not. Had a guy came in my office not too long ago, and he said, I am called to preach the gospel at so-and-so. I said, he said, and my wife don't agree with it. I said, are you preaching now? He goes, no. I said, have you ever preached? He said, no. I said, why do you think leaving this country and go to another country is going to turn you into a preacher? If you ain't crowing now, you ain't a rooster, baby. You just ain't a rooster. And no rooster ever woke up in the morning and said, if I ever got some chickens, I'd crow. No, you better crow. You crow. You, you come out of your mama going, oh. If you ain't preaching now, you ain't a preacher. And if you ain't preaching, you don't want to be a preacher. So anyway, having said all that, that's that's side note. I don't know why I got off on all that. But who called him? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You listen, I remember the day the Lord spoke to me and said, Take that church. Melanie was there. I was in Haiti. I was in the perfect will of God. I was shooting lobsters, flying airplanes, shooting grouper, preaching the gospel in the Bahamas. That is God. Man, you just can't believe the ministry they needed. Oh, Jesus, thank you for this ministry you gave me. And then he comes and says, I want you to take that church. And I said, I bind you. Taking no church. Those people are crazy. They're all crazy. Let me tell you about it's like pastoring. Washing cats. You pick a Christian up. <laughs> Y'all ever take a dog to the vet? Have you ever noticed that you can't say the word vet around a dog because the dog won't get in the car? He knows where he's going to get shot. I mean, a dog is not dumb. You go, hey, you want to go for a ride? I go to the vet. That's what y'all are like. Today we're going to talk about holiness. <laughs> I don't want no shot. <laughs> As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I 
called you to. Honey, don't you don't, don't think you ain't going to make up nothing. You're going to get on your face, you're going to find out what it is. And then you go do it. And there's grace for the race. All right, one more. One more. I got one more. 16. Act 16. Just turn the page. You don't have to go very far. How am I doing? 16. Verse 6. And when they had gone through Phygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Forbidden? By the Holy Ghost to preach? I got to tell you another story. We're going to go past. It is, it is 1208. Forget it. Because I need time with you. Because you need this. I still wanted to go preach the gospel to the center. I, 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 listen, when I'm in Russia, 500 people get saved. When I come here, 500 people don't like me. I didn't like being here. I, I didn't. I went, I get up and I preach. And people, <laughs> I go, dear God, I'll go to Russia. You have no idea what it's like to stand in a meeting and watch the Holy Ghost, watch 500 people get filled with the Holy Ghost. And you come here in the, in the, in the church and they're like, uh, I'm not quite sure I like what you said. American Christians are crazy people, crazy people. But, so I got an invitation to go to Cuba. And they said, pray about it. And I said, I'm going. <laughs> Did I pray? No, I didn't pray. And God knows people in Cuba need Jesus. Right? So I go down to Cuba. I'm preaching. People get born again, fill the Holy Ghost. Beautiful. I left Cuba and went down to Quesaltenango, Guatemala, fix and get on C90 and fly home. And the Lord speaks to me. What are you doing here? And I'm, you know, I'm just going to tell you what I was thinking. It was about a dumb question. What am I doing here? And I, and I quoted the Bible to God. You said going all the world. Preach gospel. And I'm going all the world. Preach gospel. I mean, what am I doing here? Preach And he said, I didn't tell you to come here. I told you to go there. Go home. <laughs> I just got rebuked for preaching the gospel. Well, come over here and preach. I don't ruin these things. You don't think God won't scare you. There's grace on you in a popka. Outside of a popka, there ain't no grace on you. Come on. Go home. Come on. He scared me. Yeah. He hurt my feelings. <laughs> I came home, people asked me to go someplace. Oh, no. <laughs> that time I went to India, the Lord said, you're going to get invited to India, you can go. I hadn't got an invitation, but he told me that I was going before I went. And I went, okay. And see, he's, he, I'm afraid of him. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah. He scares me. You don't scare me. He scares me. But I have found out that every time I'm in the perfect will of God, 
I went to a, a, a church in Atlanta one time. I flew myself up there. When they, I got through, the man said, that was a good talk. No anointing on me at all. And I went, I said, where were you? And he said, I'm in a popka, where are you? You know, when you do it twice, the third time is a charm. I, I never did the third one. I never did a third one. You're waiting on me to tell you the third one? I didn't do it. I came home and went, okay, what do you want to do? We're in a popka, God. What do you want to do with a popka? Are y'all out there? there? There's too many people that go, this is what I'm going to do. God, come help. Uh-uh. Then why didn't God come through? I said 15 confessions and said four Hail Marys. And it didn't work. Say it with me. They that are led by the Holy Ghost are the sons of God. I got another story for you. I got another story for you. I'm just going to tell you stories because you need to hear stories. And I told you if you weren't, if you didn't shout loud enough, we're going to keep you longer. So you didn't shout loud enough when I started, so you're going to. Kenneth e. Hagin, Kenneth e. Hagin, when he first started preaching the gospel and going around from church to church, all of the ministers in his day got tents. Jack Coe got a tent. William Branham got a tent. Oral Roberts got a tent. Every church he went to, every church, he was prophesied, Kenneth Hagin, thus says the Lord, by some goofy person in the church, you need to get a tent. Brother Hagin would pray, and he would never get led to get a tent. Just because everybody gets a tent doesn't mean you need to get a tent. All of those guys died, and Brother Hagin is the only one still out preaching. And then he took Ramah and took the gospel further than all of them combined because he refused to follow the wisdom of a man. And he went and he got before God and said, what do you want me to do? And what appeared to be failure, preaching in churches of 50 or a 100 people, propelled him into the greatest ministry that ever hit the, uh, the United States of America. But he didn't get out of the will of God because somebody prophesied to him. Y'all want to know how many people come along and go, you know how Joel Osteen does it? Move to Houston, honey. I ain't Joel Osteen. I, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, well, yeah, know how Jonathan Shuttlesworth does it? <laughs> Don't care. Do you have any idea how I'm going to look like Joel Osteen? Are you out of your ever-loving mind? Good help. God Almighty. I actually tried it one day. Two minutes into it, I went, oh, forget it. <laughs> what you see is what you get. How am I doing? I think I'm... I'm uh, all right, what do I do in the meantime? Do whatever your hand finds to do. But stay on your face. Stay in the presence of God until you hear what he says. Folks, listen to me. This is paramount. What I'm telling you right now is huge for your success. When I lived in Athens, they offered me the greatest job with the most money I've ever made in my life. And the Lord said, pack up and move to Tulsa. And I made 20 
$5 a day for three years. Then I moved here, and this church started me at $400. Let me tell you something. Money doesn't drive me. God does. I'm not going to stand before God and talk about how much money I made. Stand before God. And I, 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 I've made some mistakes. I don't, I don't want to spend time telling you. Oh, I've done things that weren't God. Oh, dear Lord. Thank God for his mercy. Many of us have. Forget yesterday. I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to start praying in the spirit. Spend time. Wednesday, we're going to talk about private prayer, your private prayer time. Learn to hear from God. The grace is in the middle of his will. Elijah, he said, go to the brook Cherith. He didn't say Wakaiva River. I got a friend who started a church in a town here in, in Florida because they had millionaires in the town. He's on every drug in the world to keep him from losing his mind. He's so, he's in debt millions of dollars and he has compromised everything he's ever learned to keep a crowd. It's killing him. Don't do it. One time this church finances went down and I went to God and I said, sure church, you need to pay your bills. <laughs> I didn't start. I sleep at night. I don't worry about anything. You can do that when you've heard from God. Now I got all kind. Of, I got all kind of stories, but I'm I'm out of time. I can tell you the time the Lord spoke to me about her. This is your next wife. You better hear. You want a marriage without trouble? They've never made one. It took me a while to get her trained. I said that one time to Lisa when Mary Friend was in the car, and Lisa and Mary Friend said, you want to put him out right now? I said, this is my truck. Y'all are going to walk. No, I'm teasing. Guys, I preached my heart out to you, and I'm not up here just jumping around. I, I, I'm, I'm not. The greatest thing I've ever, outside of being born again, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking tongues. Seeking God. I got a lot more sermon, and I'm out of time. I really am. But if I could give you one thing, that just if there's just one thing, I've endeavored all of my life to be led by the Spirit of God, and everything He's ever asked me to do has worked. Everything He's ever asked me to do has worked. Everything I've done, it didn't. That's pretty simple, isn't it? We're in a time right now where you're going to need to hear from God. You need to know that you know that you know that you know the Lord said do that. Now understand something. There's grace. While you're seeking, He will give you grace. Just because you're seeking. You don't even have to know everything. But the minute you turn your heart to know, God will start giving you grace. And he'll lead you and guide you and show you what to do. How did this help you? Is this, I, I have so much more. Next Sunday, we're going to get more into this. I want to get more into walking in. I want to teach you how to operate in the gifts. I, I got so much to say to you. 
You can have words of knowledge in the grocery store. It's a powerful way to live your life. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.